You're listening to the After The Show Movie Podcast from ascully.com. Your weekly look at movies, video games, and more brought to you by your hosts, Ace Scully and Sid Talk. We're addicted to movies. Are you? Welcome to After The Show, Sid Talk. Hello and welcome. Thanks. Welcome to our listeners. Welcome, everybody. Hello, and uh, I hope you're enjoying this lovely week. <laughs> That's very, it's very congenial of you. Being very congenial, conjovial, yeah. and jovial. Conge- okay, got it. Yes. All of the above. What's the before the after the show discussion? Uh, the before the after the show was you messing with the sound. The S's? What's that called? Sibilance. Sibilance? And what's no. that other thing? The popping and the cracking of the pu- 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 There's a sibilance, and there is... <laughs> Pop in, yeah. It's this riveting. Is- it's really riveting. <laughs> it is. And uh, that was it, really. We discussed nothing other than the sound of this podcast. So you all should feel very lucky that you can hear it at all. Yeah, because, you know, some <laughs> it's important. Podcasts, you, yeah, you got to listen to it with your ear holes, you know? <laughs> yes. If you can't hear it, then what I good would it be? Well, it'd probably be better if you couldn't hear it. Don't say that. Da-dun-dun. Traitor. Jeesh. All right. It is the week of Saturday, May the 29th. This is After the Show, we're a movie review podcast, and the movie we're looking at this week on our 686th episode is Wrath of Man. It's a 2021 movie released actually on May the 25th. You can rent it at the moment only for $19.99, Sid Talk. (laughs) It's out in cinemas. And it's also on 1999 rental. So it's one of those. Right. So you can either go to the cinema and possibly die. What? Or you can stay at home. Oh my God. Don't be one of those people. And you'll be fine. And spend 1999 and your wallet can die. You'll be fine. It's rated R for mature. Is that correct? R for mature. Yeah. I think. Yeah. What does R actually mean? Uh, restricted. Restricted. Okay. R for restricted. So it's restricted for you people. <laughs> and it's from the studio MGM slash Miramax, interestingly enough. Yep. Miramax have a phoenix from the ashes and they're back. So Sid Talk, give us the synopsis of Wrath of Man. Well, it is uh, Wrath of a Man. Something bad happens and then he gets revenge, which is another word for wrath, correct? Yes. So it is a revenge movie. I think the title... Says it all. Man, pissed off, bad thing, and lots of people die. I feel Is like... that what's on the box? I'm pretty sure that's what's on the box. I'll tell you what's on the box. Okay. The plot follows H from Steps. <laughs> no American knows what you're talking about. No. <laughs> but Brit people are like, what? H yeah. from Steps? I gotta watch that. H from Steps gets real tough. The plot follows H, a cold and mysterious character looking at a cash truck. Sorry, not looking. He's working at a cash truck company. <laughs> just look. Yeah, just look. That's in a the whole window. other movie. <laughs> just looking two hours of a man looking at a cash truck. That's like a avant-garde piece. I would say this about the world in this century right now. That would probably be popular. You think? <laughs> yes. I think I'll make that then. It sounds pretty easy. I think it sounds interesting. Go for it. All right. So he's... Working at a Castro company responsible for moving millions and millions of dollars around Los Angeles each week. And that's all it says. That is all? Yes, that's the whole scenario. Well, that is not worth $19 rental right there. No. I mean, you got to make the description at least something. You got to at least 
I get you might not want to spoil anything, but that one, it just tells me that I'm spending $19.99 and I'm going to watch a guy work at a cash truck company yeah. and he'll move money around. And I that's mean, it. sure, he's the transporter. Yes. Got it. He's transporting money. He's not transporting ladies, he's transporting <laughs> money. You have to watch Transporter to know what it we're is. It is one of your favorite scenes. It is. When he Strangely throws- enough. He throws a lady at a man to drop. He uses a woman, throws a woman through the air as a weapon, which I just strangely find fascinating. My favorite scene in Transporter is where he just runs into that door and knocks it off its hinges. (laughs) Yeah. He's just a badass in that He was, yeah. But we're we're not not talking talking about about Transporter. (laughs) Hey, we said that at the same time, like in phase. All right, let's get into the movie Wrath of Man, directed by Mr. Guy Ritchie. Sid Talk, what did you think? I liked it. The end. <laughs> I did really enjoy it. I Disclaimer, it's very violent. There's a lot of violence. There's a lot of gunfire, lots of shooting. Um, it is a revenge movie. It's a revenge uh, for a violent act, and therefore violent times violent equals more violence. So we'll say that. So saying that I enjoy it sounds a bit weird, but... It's very gritty. I love the way it looks. I like the the story isn't new or anything. Wrath of Man. I mean, come on. That's that's totally not a new invention. But the way it's told and edited and everything, I just, I really enjoyed it. How now, did you like it? Now, You I, are a Guy Ritchie fanboy, so. You know, I am. Yeah. And I would like to say that I think this is Mr. Ritchie's best work. Oh, my. Since Rock and Roller. Okay, that's a big statement. That's a long time ago. That includes the Olympic opening? Oh, that wasn't Gary Ritchie. That, that wasn't was Gary Danny Ritchie. Boyle. <laughs> that was Danny, yeah. Don't get them mixed up. I got them confused. Never mind. Guy is the one that was married to Madonna. My apologies to the two of you. I'm sure you're listening. Yeah. So, sorry, Mr. Guy <laughs> I found this very gripping. Yeah, gripping is a good word. Yes. And let me put this up front. This is not an original work by Guy Ritchie. It's a remake of a French movie. So it's a movie he saw and loved, and he's made a, what would you call, what, what is a remake? Like a more commercial version of something that's... Don't know. That's a bit insulting to the people who made the original one, but it's just a retelling of the same story. A retelling of a movie from another country that American audiences would probably not find or seek out most of them. So telling the story. Well, he's it. not American, though. He's not, he's British. Yeah. I say he just liked it and deep now, down inside his ego said, man, I could do this so much better. <laughs> now, it seems to be like a trend at the moment, like men who are pissed off and then they go after somebody, you know? Mm. We've seen a few in the last few weeks. Even. Sure. We saw Nobody, we saw The Marksman, and here's another one. There was pissed off women movies a couple of years ago when Atomic Blonde and well, you could go further back and say The Bride. and sure. But now we're on pissed off man movies. But this one I thought was particularly well done. It isn't perfect, I have to say. There is some really awkward dialogue in this movie, which I didn't. Agree. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You know that the very opening sequence where the two men are talking in the truck? Yeah, it was really weird. It was very, I'm not saying like recorded badly. I'm saying the dialogue was like, it was almost like they didn't bother writing any and just told them to talk to each other. Yeah, it was very weird, and it also seemed like, are we setting up the driver to be the guy on the inside because you couldn't see his face and he's just talking, and then it's like, 
It was weird. It was a little bit misleading. Yeah. But the, and the dialogue was hokey. I was like, oh, wow, is the dialogue going to be this bad? And then it isn't. It changes. True. But the part where Jason Statham's been introduced to everybody on the crew in the um, the truck place, there was a lot of hokey dialogue in there too. Like, Agree. It, it wasn't even Guy Ritchie dialogue. It was, you know, like you've seen Lock, Stock and Smoking Barrels or Snatch. It has real quippy. I feel like it was, I think it was. I think he was trying, but he's older now and it, didn't come off. I don't, I don't know if that I mean, has it was like, to do with it, but I mean, it just wasn't quite as, I don't know, confronting, maybe? Well, I hate the word banter, but it was supposed to be banter between all the workmates. Yeah. Like, they make a few gay jokes, and they make, you know, tough men, like, trying to be tough men. Yeah, calling each other ladies and girls yeah. and stuff. But it didn't even it didn't even come off funny or anything. It just came off like, really, oh, this is really bad dialogue. What the <laughs> hell's going on? But then once it got into the movie, it it dropped off. But I definitely, the first 10 minutes, you could look at it and go, oh my God, what's going on with this script? It's it's bad. Like. Low quality, yeah. But then, weirdly, it completely changes and it's not that at all after you've met everybody. Now, this would be a movie that's very hard to talk about without spoilers because it's basically a, um, it's a whodunit of sorts and it's a double-crossy... And also those a what-the-hell's-going-on. Yeah, there's also this... My favorite thing about this entire movie was the way it's framed. You see the same scenario, and it's not a new thing. We've seen it millions of times. But you see the same scenario with a little bit more information each time, or you see it from another perspective. So at the beginning, you just see, like we just said, the perspective of here's the truck, the cash truck being robbed, here's the two men in it, and here's a bunch of people robbing it. And you just see it kind of from a onlooker's view that is not very detailed. You're like, I don't really know what happened there. Yeah. They robbed a truck. But then as it goes through the movie and you see that day again from Jason Statham's side, for instance, you're like, oh, wow, there's a lot to this. And then you see it from the actual robber's side eventually. And it makes up this jigsaw puzzle where you're like, oh, now I know whose side I'm on. (laughs) (laughs) You know, at first you're like, I don't know whose side I'm on. Everybody seems bad. Absolutely. Everybody Even. is bad, actually. Yeah, I guess. It's you all know? a bunch of assholes. Everybody, right? Yep. Is there anybody good? Is Eddie Marsden good? Well, I think, well, he's a bit of a, maybe, because Eddie Marsden. he's just a guy doing his job. Yeah, he's in charge of the depot of this cash truck place, right? So he's Mr. Company Man, and he reminds them when shit's going wrong, no, 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 this isn't your money. It's not worth your life. Just do what our policies tell you to do. And that's it, right? So he's just kind of nothing but a realistic character. The guy who but He's runs not the bad place. or good. He's sort of neutral. Yeah, he's like, what is his job exactly? He's the. I think he's the manager. Yeah, but he's also responsible for like their health and well being. Mm-hmm. And like he's like a everything kind of guy who does everything. Everybody trusts him. You see it from all these different angles. I really liked that. And it fills in the puzzle as you're going along and you're like, oh, so that's why this guy acts like this, and that's why this, and that's why that. And it all locks into place at the end with a satisfying conclusion for me, because it's action-packed. reminded me of Heat quite a bit, obviously. Mm. But it's a more, I would say, a claustrophobic version of Heat, because it all takes place inside this armored truck place. That is An armored truck place is no joke if you want to rob one, by the looks of it. Yeah, well, not that we know, but yeah, it looks pretty rough. I mean, I'm assuming it's like that. I mean, you can't have millions of dollars of money and not be ready for somebody to rob it. Yeah, kind of interesting. It'd be interesting to see uh, the actual inside of a real place. Yeah, and I never have. Has there ever been? Well, 
but why would you make a reality show showing all your secrets? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like, this is where we keep the alarm. <laughs> this is how many gunmen we have. Yeah. Yeah, yeah you wouldn't, actually. I found the um, line of defense, you know, there's like cages, which you've probably seen uh, in other movies like this and real life things. It's kind of like when you see characters in a police station go down to check out a weapon or some evidence or something. It's like that. Yeah. Like there's a little window and a guy and he's got a clipboard and you have to sign out for it and all that kind of stuff. But what in this, there's like guy with the clipboard. Then there's like a go back a little bit. And then there's men who are like Marine trained guys with mm -hmm. machine guns, like just in case. Like, because he even explained that guy, he's like, if they get this far, then we need somebody to be able to, like, we can't just let them in at this point. We have to, you know, bring out the big boys and shoot them. And it gets insane, this movie, at the end, right? It's like, mm -hmm. there's bullets flying everywhere. It's John Wick levels of nuts. You know, people are wearing Kevlar body armor and just taking machine gun bullets to the head and to the... and Like I said, it's got violence. Is that plausible, the uh, getting shot in the head like lots of times, don't, and they're just ricocheting off and you're fine for a bit? I don't think so. Who, who got shot in the head? No, just in the helmets, I mean, the Kevlar oh, helmets. Oh, I don't know. I don't know like if a Kevlar helmet is screwed after one bullet goes into it, or you can take lots, because there were people in this movie taking like, ding, bing, 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 bing. It looked pretty hardcore. Like Army of the Dead Zombie with his metal helmet on. <laughs> yeah. It's kind of like that. So I'm not sure about the plausibility of the action. Are we worried about that? No. Okay. But this movie is not a funny movie. It's not. It's very straight and very, like you said, you had a good name for it, testosterone movie. High testosterone level. I mean, it's, it, you know it is from the beginning. Those, those opening credits, they're just like testosterone credits, <laughs> you know, with the... Yep. With the wrath and the, you know, the words on the screen and like the tattoos and it's just like this crazy opening sequence. And I was like, oh yeah, Guy Ritchie's really going like, you know, lock, stock and smoking barrels is the same thing. It's tough dudes fighting, pointing guns at each other, swearing a lot. Do they swear a lot it in this movie? sounds great. Not really. There's a C word in this movie, so be careful. <laughs> Americans don't care as much, I don't think, anymore. Oh, really? I mean, they might if you put it on like TV. Right. But I think we're getting more used it to it. It used to be the thing where I didn't care at all because I heard it, like, in England, it's more of a... We're not going to say it, but it's the C word, so you can look yeah, that up. It's more of a used word. And then when we watched a lot of English TV and you hear that, you'd hear that word and you'd be like, oh, wow, this God, is... <laughs> Ooh, they're just really throwing it out there. Like Big Brother and stuff. And you'd, you'd be like, damn. And now you're fine. You're all brainwashed. And... <laughs> we're, we're hardened to it. <laughs> yeah. This story, it goes all over the place. Uh, did you figure the story out? Let's not spoil this story because it is a really good, I think, edgy seat type of who's doing what, what's going on. Did you get what was going on and figure it out before it happened? It's not that kind of what's going on kind of movie, though. No, I mean... You know what's going on the whole time. You do, but did you... There's, there's a, I would say twists in the tale where you're like, oh, that guy or this guy... Uh, uh, just that, but no, I knew. I didn't know. Right. Um, so that was a surprise to me. There's a few surprises with people in this movie. I mean, it's not straightforward because of it's the way it's told, you know, with the different directions. You have to wait till like halfway through the movie, really, to get everybody's motivations don't come clear until the middle of the movie. True. Because you're like, it's complicated because here's a bunch of people. This guy's in it for the money. This guy's actually not in it for the money. He just seems a bit nuts. I don't think he cares about the money. I think he just wants to shoot some folks. Jason Statham or? The... On the on the body team. Yeah, There's I agree. There's people with different levels of motivation. Agree. 
some just want the money. Like one guy's just when he hears millions of dollars, that's all he's motivated by. But one guy's like, hmm, machine guns? <laughs> you know, like we're going to be using armor, action-packed testosterone. Were you for Mr. Statham? Did you? Uh, well, I mean, feel- you have to. Be. You actually, I feel like you cried during this. I movie. did. I cried a little tiny bit because I was like, holy crap. That's hardcore. This is the wrath of man. So whatever you can think of, we're not going to tell you what it is. Whatever you can think of that a man would be wrath about, that's it. And they did it in a way where I was invested. I'm invested in all the characters, no matter how shallow or two-dimensional, including, you know, who. And I was like, damn, that's just, that's hardcore. And then just the feeling, well, you, you get the sense very quickly that the Jason Statham guy is already just sort of not soulless, but you know, he's rigid and kind of that like a machine almost. But when then, the interview then when that happens, the yeah. But then when that but then you realize later, oh, that's already happened. That's right. why he's that way. But overall he just feels like a robot. But when that happens, I'm convinced that has broken him, then that's what made me sad. Yeah. And he didn't care about anything except his wrath. That's yeah. it. And I like that. There was no other extra motivation. There was no other plan. There was no one else invested or involved. That was it. How do you feel about the look of the movie and the style? I liked it. It was grungy and I like the kind of not muted or desaturated, but not oversaturated. You know, it's not all sharp and it's kind of brown looking a little bit brown and gray. Like it kind of dull, I would say, but in a good way, like because it matches (laughs) The inside of the truck Dull place. in a good way. Yeah, but you know what I mean? The inside of the truck place is all concrete and steel. It's like there's nothing else in it. It's not very cozy. You know, there is yeah. a there is a little back room where they go and play pool, which is all neon and stuff, which looks but cool. That was about it. Yeah. I liked the sound design. It was really cool. There was lots of surround, if you like, gunshots going off behind <laughs> you and shit. There's a lot of that. If you love it, you're going to love it. There's a really excellent... I'll have to, I have to say, use of the Johnny Cash song in the middle of the oh, movie. Oh, yeah. That actually good. makes the... It's one of those times where I felt the hair stand up on the back of my neck. Do you know, mm-hmm. do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Because it's it's the moment where you're like, yes, this needs to be fucking resolved because this is just <laughs> <Yes>. the worst. <laughs> and the music comes in and some horrible things are happening, but it's like, yes, this is what needs to happen. You know, Jason Statham's people are working for him. They're doing all yep. the best they can do. That was rough. And it's not That's very why nice. you can't really sympathize with him overall as a character, because he's not good. Yeah. He's bad. He's but, as bad as the other people, but... But you feel for him that because one of thing the thing. That one thing humanizes him, yeah, absolutely. Even though, you know, you shouldn't probably be humanizing <laughs> him, because <laughs> he is not very nice. Yeah. So... But that is the quintessential, as we like to call it, in the cinema business, or storytelling business, the anti-hero. But you I don't really, want to root for him, but, you know. I really do like it when Guy Ritchie makes these kind of crime movies. Like Rock and Roller is another one I really liked. This one, Lock, Stock, Snatch. But then he also makes big commercial movies like Aladdin for Disney. And he also made that King Arthur movie, which was very bizarre. Do you remember that one? Yep. That was like Lord of the Rings meets King Arthur. Very weird. But he does big action movies. Oh, Sherlock Holmes, which I really enjoyed. Mm-hmm. Both of them. But he does those. But then he also does these gritty crime movies, which I think he's really suited to. He's got like 
something about he sees it how it's i don't know there's a cool style to it and okay. everybody you know it's violent which isn't necessarily good but i do like a bit of gritty violence like this <laughs> and this is wrong with us so moving on to the cast jason statham plays h or h or h i don't know how you say it. h what do you think of jason are you a fan of jason um, I'm a fan of what he does, which is the same every time, pretty much. He's only had one sort of semi-funny-ish thing ever, right? Or not funny, but just not quite as uptight. So he's the same as... What, what are we talking about? I don't remember, but I remember him not being quite as uptight. I think he might have been in a comedy, but we're used to him in, like, Fast and the Furious yeah. as, as Hobbs. That Hobbs character could be this guy, right? Absolutely. Apart from him being a bit less serious. But I like Jason Statham. I think he's, I said to you... As far as action hero type people go, I buy him. He's tough. He's got that, what you say, stoic kind of mm-hmm. nature to him where he, you, you think, oh, yeah, he's going to, I don't want to fuck with that guy. He is <laughs> <Yeah>. hardcore. <laughs> so and, it's dangerous. But it, like, again, when he's in the Fast and the Furious movies, he's got like a cheekiness to him. Well, Fast and the Furious movies lost the plot. He was a mass murdering kind of crazy guy. Yep. And then the next thing, he's like buddies with The Rock and everybody's having a laugh. Yeah. I think they just forgot what he was in the Fast and the Furious. It, even we turned to each other, we're like, are we supposed to like him now? Is that exactly? This like, is weird. Do you remember that time he just killed everybody in the, like, including innocent people? Remember that time he killed killed Han, didn't he? In Fast and the Furious, I think so. Yeah, I remember know. that time he killed your favorite character. He's, <laughs> he's like Negan. He's great. He's great. You know, like, Let's turn him like, into a hero. Like even me and you, like, look at Negan now. And we're like, we. I, I, I can't like this guy. Like, does yeah. anyone know? Everyone, if you don't watch Walking Dead, Negan is a was a bad guy, and now he's like just a fluttering old man. Yeah, but and, th- and now you're like, do I like him or not? Like, he, <laughs> like remember that time when he knocks up when he did the thing Glenn's that he did? His... Don't tell everybody. But, I mean, come on, it's like five years ago. I don't, I don't know, but you remember that? I mean, you love that guy, and now you kind of like Negan. What the hell? <laughs> what are you doing to us? <laughs> So who else, who else have we got? we got Josh Hanna as Boy Sweat Dave. You know what? Boy Sweat Dave is a very Guy Ritchie name for a person. He is, and he's strangely an interesting character. I mean, I get it. I don't think he's two-dimensional, actually. I mean, he is, because he's the scaredy cat, but then he, he Wants talks to be tough. better. Yeah, he talks tough, and he's all smart-assy. He doesn't like Jason Statham, but in the beginning when there's some bad stuff going down, he's shitting his pants, basically, as a chicken. And then he not heroically becomes a hero or anything, but just sort of just cranks it up to where he's like, I, I can't just let this happen. But he's not Mr. Dun, 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 I'm going to save the day. So I thought he was really good. I did, too. I, I really liked him. And then we have Scott Eastwood as Jan. What do you think of Scott? He was good. I mean, he makes a good jerk. We're talking about Clint Eastwood's son, Scott. Who, yeah, but let's just talk about him as him. As I think he's really good, actually. I've seen him again. We saw him in The Fast and the Furious. Mm-hmm. You don't remember him? No. But he totally was in it. <laughs> he was in The remember. Fate of the Furious. I don't remember. I can't remember everything in the world. It's too much. It's I, too much. I liked him in this. He, um, again, cocky. These, you're not supposed to love any of these characters. You never end up liking that guy. He's not a guy not. that you end up being like, oh, he's all right. No, 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 no. He's just terrible. Got uh, Andy Garcia as Agent King. I didn't really understand that subplot totally. I get it. 
they're kind of after Jason Statham, right? The American government and yes. probably MI6 or whatever. So they're after Jason Statham well, as the criminal that he is before all of this happens. But then he understands that he's like, dude, wait, they did what they did. So I'm going to turn the other way. And then in the end, I'm turning the other way. <laughs> like, this, so it was a bit weird. Yeah. But it was a like it was I think it was kind of to show you how high up Statham mm. is in the criminal. Uh, field. I guess it was just weird. A little weird. Eddie Marsden plays Terry. I said to you, people. I think Eddie Marsden can play anything. A bad guy, a weird serial killer or something. Just a normal guy. Maybe a driving instructor. <laughs> We've seen that. <laughs> yeah. If you want to see an interesting movie with him in it, that's, that's happy go lucky. Yeah. Yeah. It's very good. I liked Eddie. I like Eddie Marsden. Whenever I see him, I'm like, yeah, he's going to do a good job. And I think he did in this. Oh, he was also in Atomic Blonde. He was the guy was. she had to transport across he the was. road. He was. And then we've got, can never say her name, but I'm going to, Naima Algar as Dana. Okay. And she is the lady from Shane Meadows' The Virtues, which if you're not English, you probably didn't see it. It's and insanely deliciously good and very sad and terrible at the same time. Yeah, very, very good. But the other thing which you might have seen that she is in is Raised by Wolves, the Ridley Scott HBO Max show. She is in this movie too. There's about three females in this movie, right? Three, mm-hmm. maybe four. And she's the main one. Well, that's over that's overselling it. She doesn't really do much. She doesn't, she but works you for see the place. her. A lot. She involves herself with the guy, or they involve themselves, you know, with each other. And then that's kind of it, really. She just is the standout female because they only basically have one female on the screen at a time. Can we also say, and I think you mentioned it. And it's a good thing. Mr. Guy Ritchie lets people use their original accents. <laughs> well, what later I listened and Trevor did not have his original accent. No, he did kind of, though. He sounded Scottish at one point. He slipped in and out a little yeah. bit. But mostly people use their accents, including mm-hmm. her, which is admirable because. Yeah, we have a thing about why can't actors just be whatever nationality they are. We don't need fake accents. Exactly. I mean, I suppose. I don't know. Is that old fashioned or is that newfangled thinking? I don't know, but Hollywood seems to like giving everybody a really boring American dry <laughs> accent, right? I'll try not to take issue with that. But well, they do like it's like, oh, you're a British guy. Well, just do like the most generic American accent and we'll have you as American. It's like, no, why can't I be a British guy? That's Are what I'm saying. I that I have a dry, boring American accent. Is that what I'm hearing from you, my darling well, husband? <laughs> Well, it's just. Middle. You know I mean, I could be Southern if you want. I could talk like that. Is well, that, that sounds put on, right? That does sound put on. And what's funny is when British people are trying to do American accents, they're either so flat and boring or they're Southern or they're New York. Yeah. <laughs> like those are the only. That's where you're like. But then for Americans, we think of, you know, Mary Poppins as the quintessential British accent. So I suppose it's all fair. So directed by Guy Ritchie, Lock, Stock and Smoking Barrels, Snatch, Robin Hood, Sherlock Holmes, Aladdin, the live action movie, which we didn't see, right? Correct. He's made a lot of movies over his time. Oh, Oh, he made that movie with Madonna, Swept Away. Didn't see that. Did not. Don't care. (laughs) Charming. So what did you think of Guy Ritchie's uh, stuff? I mean, his direction. I like it. I mean, it's, it feels, I won't say it feels like Guy Ritchie because I don't know what that is precisely. Because like you said, there's a lot of variations in what he does. But it is specific nonetheless. It is manly driven with a 
solid beating heart at the center of it. Yeah, the way know? this was filmed, a lot of the external shots, like the car pulling onto the highway from above and stuff, mm -hmm. that reminded me of Christopher Nolan photography. Mm. And there was a bunch of that on the outside. Like any time a truck was getting broke into, you know, in the street, like the cameras are really close to everybody and they're like, it's very intense. Like it's all, if I didn't know, I'd be like, oh, this is Christopher Nolan, surely, right? Yeah, I was like, oh yeah, this is like when the Heath Ledger takes down the truck, you know? Mm, I didn't get that, but okay. Okay, so IMDb reviews, what are they? That is when you go to IMDb. It's a place on the internet, the internet movie database, which has been around for a long time. You look up reviews that have one star. If we like the movie and someone has the nerve to give it one star, we love to make fun of them. If we didn't like the movie and they were smart enough to go out there and give it one star, we are we clap for them. <laughs> All right. So these are the people we're shallow. who gave this movie one star. Hi. So the first guy says, as a Brit, I should really support a British director and actor. But this movie is dreadful and aimed at the middle-aged macho men with no grip on reality. I will give you a list of things bad about this movie. One, Jason is a one-trick pony that can't act and only has one character in his arsenal. Two, Guy Ritchie hasn't done a good movie since Rock and Roller. Three, the gun ballistics are all over the place. It doesn't make sense. Four, horrible soundtrack. Actually, I need to mention that the orchestral score was very good in this movie as well. It was very brooding. Mm -hmm. It kind of made you feel uncomfortable. Yes. I liked it. And what number are we on? <laughs> Five. Give quite a list. <laughs> Five. The directing. It's like he took a piece of every popular action movie and copied Christopher Nolan's Dark Knight. Oh, hey. listen. You're agreeing with this guy? No. Person? Don't Seven. Know a guy. Badly written characters. Eight. Bad script. Nine. There are no twists in the movie. Do you okay. disagree with one or all of those? I don't care. <laughs> Next guy says, very, very disappointed. Boring. Statham only shoots about twice. Is that it? Did they watch the whole movie? Apparently not. Apparently not. To sum oh, up, maybe they just can't count. <laughs> to sum up this film in one sentence, it's one hour and 59 minutes too long. Because I want that two hours of my life back. Is that one of them? Because that's what they all like to say. I need the time of my life back, please. This one says, first time I've walked out of movie theater, this movie was made for single middle-aged white dude. It was honestly painful. So that's the people with the one-star reviews for this week. Why they pretty people... much say the same thing every week. I mean, we? we've commented on the testosterone thing. I get that. But then again, what has to happen is you're, you're like, okay, this is this story. This is how they're going to tell it. I don't have to like it or identify with it, but it's a point of view. It's got all these little tropes and bells and whistles that go along with this set of ideas, right? So why insult it if, just because you don't identify with all that? I mean, it's not it's not a perfect movie or anything, but just to hone in on the style. Is it style or is it the voice that it's coming from? I don't know. Just don't watch the rest. Just if you don't like the first 10 minutes, fuck off. Yeah. Yeah, you got them. I got them. I got them good. They're all those one star people. They're got listening em. to this. They don't like this podcast. And when they're done listening to the how many hours, 686 plus hours of it, then they're going to go out somewhere and write us a bad review. Got them. 
And they're going to say, I want that 686 hours of my life back. I blame them for making me listen. All right, movie recommendations. Well, before we do movie recommendations, let's put a score on this bad boy. Mm -hmm. I am giving this movie a 7 out of 10. Okay, I'm going to give it like a 7.6. Because for what it is, it's right. I agree with you, and I also agree with myself. (laughs) Good, good. It's somewhere around there. Yeah. Very good. Thank you to MGM for letting us watch this movie. And next week, we'll review another movie. Genius. That is genius planning right there. Movie recommendations. Another thing that this movie reminded me quite a bit is uh, Tony Scott, rest in peace. Tony Scott would have made a movie like this, Mm. definitely. It would have been right up his alley. I thought of the movie Unstoppable, which was the final movie he made with the train. Yeah. Which I really, really enjoyed. It does have a bit of that, like, scraping off the gloss feel. Yeah. That's how I got to that one, Unstoppable. And my favorite Guy Ritchie movie is Lock, Stock, and Two Smoking Barrels. It's a fantastic movie. It's very funny. It's very violent. You won't know what's going to happen until the very end. It goes all kinds of crazy. So those are mine. My recommendations are me going back to the 80s, and I'm still in the year 1981. And you're going to, and this is from the list of movies I remember having watched. This isn't exclusively the whole list because I'm sure there are movies I've completely forgotten. But you're going to like the first one, An American Werewolf in London. I love that movie. You do. Mommy, a naked American stole my balloons. Yes. Shut up. (laughs) And the other one is Body Heat, which is... I uh, also like that movie. William Hurt, Tina Turner. Not Tina Turner. Tina. Catherine (laughs) Hepburn. Catherine Turner. Catherine Anthea Turner. Yes. (laughs) And it's just one of those (laughs) early 80s thriller crime... Kind of sleazy, you know? Yeah, it's good. I liked it at the time. Wait, is this your recommendation or mine? Yours. You stepping on my toes? All right, so A Scully stuff. Sony and THQ Nordic actually sent me a PS4 review key, which I was very excited, for the game Biomutant that came out this week. Have you seen me play any of Biomutant? I haven't seen you playing it, but I've noticed there's some YouTube videos of you Just playing one. it, which is interesting. I did make a YouTube video of me uh, playing the first hour or so of it. Yeah. So you can go to my Ace Gully YouTube channel and watch that. Biomutant is a new game for the PS4. I'm playing it on the PS5. And it is a RPG where, get this, Sid Talk, our world has been r- ruined by us, the humans, uh, because we were unenvironmentally sound. You know, we ruined well, it by... That's with a new oil, idea. Right? So the world went to shit and the tree of life, which is in the middle of the world, you know, on the earth, it, once that dies out, the whole world kind of starts to crumble and die. Okay. So the world crumbled and died then thousands of years later, because the world is still trying to hang on to its life. Animals that we were, we're all dead, forget humans. Okay. There's just animals left and some animals, hence biomutant, have like, what do you call it? Like deformed, like you evolved. Know, yeah, into weird. They all kind of look like ferrets or mice. You know, gross. They've become the inhabitants of Earth. Not us. We're gone. Makes but, sense. But our world is also still there. So, but and they they don't know about it. I mean, they all they've got is and these animals can talk. By the way, okay. But all they've got these animals is 
the remnants of the old world. So when you're in this open world, you might be going across the meadows and it's really beautiful looking. And then all of a sudden there's a car, you know, just like a, a car that's been there for a long time, just scrap metal. Got it. I was investigating to find this mission yesterday and I stumbled across like suburbia, but it was suburbia like a thousand years later where it's barely a house. There's like, you know, a swing set and, you know, you can tell. So it's mutant animals. That was the word I was trying to think of. Mutated. Mutated animals living in this world and it's ruined. Now, what's happened is the world's been put on a timer by whoever and it's going to end. And what has been sent to the world to end it is these four creatures called the world eaters. There's one being sent for the north, one for the east. You know, there's four of them on the on the map. And they're there to finish the world once and for all. Animals, everything. We're just ending the world. It's done. The tree of life needs to get burned down, you know? The actual gameplay, it's an open world RPG. You're a little mouse slash rabbit slash creature. And you have evolved. You can use guns. You can use kung fu is one of their traits that they can do. And you're going across the open world. It's kind of like Assassin's Creed, like a big open world. But it's cool looking because you've got this tree of life in the middle. You've got these distinct areas, like one's a fire area, one's a snow area. And you go in and you're leveling up. You're getting better loot. You're searching houses. There's puzzles to solve. And you're just going around and you're trying to get better. And then you're going to be taking out these big bosses. And then eventually you're going to get to the Ark and uh, something's going to happen at the end. Now, right at the very beginning of the game, when you press start, it says, this game, there's a narrator throughout the entire game. None of these animals, you can't understand them, but there's a narrator who tells you what they're saying. Okay. And the narrator at the beginning says, this game is going to end weird. I just want to tell you that up front. He actually <laughs> says it at the beginning. This okay. isn't going to be the normal ending that you're going to think. So bear that in mind. And now continue. Welcome to Biomutant. He actually says that. And you're like, oh, this is interesting. So I'm probably like 25% of the way through it. I'm really enjoying it. I like, you know, after playing um, Returnal for, I'm, I'm still playing Returnal, just one run a day. But after playing that stressful as hell game, <laughs> this feels like a breath of fresh air because it's not actually very stressful. It's more like, oh, this is cool. I'm just wondering about, oh, look, I found a better hat. <laughs> This hat's better than hat that I had before. Oh, there's a nice new weapon that I can get. It's just a real fun, it's got like a cartoony vibe. It looks really beautiful. It's called Biomutant. I would recommend it really highly. And thank you to THQ Nordic for sending me a key because uh, I don't really get a lot of video games for review. And this one kind of, a few months ago, I noticed it. So I put an email out to them and they did let me get one. So thank Very you. Good. So what's for dinner? Well, I've made the executive decision that we're going to have Jimmy John's. They did not send us a code or anything like that. It does <laughs> just, say Impossible Burger on the sheet. It does, but that's not correct. Oh. I mean, you can pretend it's an Impossible Whopper. I will. But it's sadly going to be Jimmy John's. <laughs> <laughs> so what is your advice to people? Well, I don't know if it's advice. Kind of is. Heading in there. Today, or one of these days, I heard uh, we have this local-ish guy on the radio. His name is Paul Pepper. We live in the middle of Missouri. You can look him up. And he does this little 10-minute show. I think it's every morning at like 10 minutes to 9. He interviews somebody local. local. And this time, I, I always enjoy it, but sometimes it just seems kind of hokey. 
And this time they were talking about, he said something like, oh, some people are raised in houses where they never discuss budgets or planning for the future at all. Like as if it's completely incredulous that people don't do that, right? Okay, that's a money situation. So then I'm like, I'm not into budgets. I've never, I mean, I've tried in my youth, you know, thinking, oh, if I write down everything and I keep track of my checkbook, I'll save money. No, none of that shit works for me. I am not that person, you know? What I should have done was to just be more alluring to some sugar daddy at some point in my youth and just marry into money and then I wouldn't have to worry about it. But that's not what I did. No, I just make my own money and we have what we have. But then I translated it to something else. Like you do, you spend the amount of money in places, right, of your life. And sometimes if you spend the money in a really shitty or negative way that impacts you negatively, well, you run out of money for the positive stuff, you know? If I were to go to the bar all the time now, like I did in my youth, I used to spend entire paychecks at the bar on the night that I would get paid. In fact, I was one bar I could go and he would cash my paycheck for me because he knew I was going to spend it there. So that was a negative thing, most likely. I mean, yes, I had fun. It was youth, whatever, lots of experiences. But what that didn't leave room for was for me to then take that money and invest it in other positive things that I could have or would have been doing. Now let's translate all this into like thoughts, like how much of your thought if your brain time, because you're awake 16 hours a day, maybe more, if you're like me, how much of that time of your brain power is investing in negative or you're, you're spending it on just constant negative thoughts? Why did I spend so much time in the bars? Oh my God, I'm a terrible person. I wasted my youth. I'll never get it back. Like I could focus on that, right? For 12 hours a day and just never cram positive thoughts in there. And then the other side of that is how much do I make an effort to invest in thinking something better? It doesn't have to be all like hippy dippy. And I'm not talking about like cheering yourself on because I'm not even that person. But if I start thinking like, God, today I feel like extra fat. I feel like really disgusting. I feel my pants on my extra fat hip and my shirts hanging on my fat back and my chin's hanging down. And that'll, and that's just in your mind. You're not, I'm not normally saying that out loud. <laughs> that's just, It could be while I am combing my hair or while I'm cooking something or making a cup of tea or out doing my gardening stuff. And that stuff is filling my brain like thoughts of minutes and minutes and minutes of that. Like, oh, God, what do I look like when I'm bending over? Or it could be anything. You could be thinking about something else. Oh, God, that thing I said to my friend yesterday, it's really terrible. I shouldn't have said it. It's terrible. I feel really bad. And you just linger on that thing instead of going, oh, hold on, hold on. That's just a thought right? It's taking up the time of my brain. I can't solve anything with that. I'm not fixing anything with that. It's not helping anything at all. Now, how do I budget my time in my brain to invest more in the positive? Like, well, you know what I could do for my friend is just stop whatever I'm doing and call them and apologize, right? Just do it. Just think that. Think about whatever. Or if I think about how gross and fat I feel, I could just be like, does it really matter? Do the people who love me care about my fat cells? You know, I'm fat because I've eaten a lot of good food and I I burn off less calories than I eat. It's not really that big a deal. If the world doesn't like looking at my fat ass while I'm bent over in the yard, that's just, it's stupid that I even think it. Then I'm amusing myself with this like, oh yeah, that is true. And then I'm, then that gets pushing the negative out. I'm investing less in the feeling bad about it and then turn it around. And then all of a sudden I'm thinking about what I'm doing. I'm planting this flower and I'm putting in this tomato and we're going to watch a movie later and blah, blah, blah. So I just think that, you know, I'm not good at budgeting money. 
I never will be. So if there is a sugar daddy out there who would like to marry me and Mr. A. Scully <laughs> and take care of us for the rest of our lives, that's fine. We'll jump on board. Alan Sugar. But for everything else, <laughs> well, I don't know. He's the ultimate sugar daddy, right? Sugar daddy, listen to you. See what I'm doing? I got, I got what you, I catch what you're throwing. If you just make the effort, you know, I will never save my money, but I can in the moment. And don't get me wrong. This doesn't cover things like grieving or coping with a terrible illness. I mean, even those moments you can, you know, separate and push aside some of the bad and try to let in some of the good. But that's almost that's that's a whole other thing. I'm just talking about your daily life while you are just living and letting your mind basically pound you down negatively, like just like you're on the floor and it's just punching you in the face. And but you on the outside, no one would even know it. And on the inside, you're ripping yourself apart, investing all this time and mind energy on that. It doesn't make any sense when you could just be thinking something a tiny bit better. So budget your time in your mind for good thoughts. There all you right. Go. Thank There's you. my TED talk for the day. Well said. Thanks. Thanks so much. You can catch us on aschoolie.com, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. The podcast itself is on anchor.fm slash after the show or ascully.com or everywhere. Spotify, iTunes, wherever podcasts are sold or wherever podcasts are given away for free. (laughs) They're they're always free, right? There are no paid podcasts, I don't think. I don't know. There's probably some. Oh, there probably are. Yeah. Email feedback to me at ascully at ascully.com. Don't email Sid Talks. You hate you all. I don't. I really don't. Stay classy, Mr. Guy Rich here, Mr. Jason Statham. I'd like to see you working again together because that was a good movie. And I'm going to say, think for yourselves or someone will do it for you. 